Hey, it's Pastor Nick from Grace River Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you find today's message encouraging and transformative in your life. We'd love for you to join us online each Sunday morning at 10 a.m. by visiting graceriverva.com slash live. Now, enjoy the message. Thank you. You may find your seat. Dr. Joe Bucci reminded me of one more announcement that I unfortunately missed, and it's an amazing announcement. I can't believe I missed it. But coming up in uh, this the last Sunday of August and then three Sundays in September, am I correct? August 22nd is when it's going to start. For four weeks, Dr. Joe Bucci is going to lead us through a series in the book of Jude. I'm so excited for it. It's called Urgent, A Message to the Beloved. Uh, it's an awesome book about our faith and contending for the faith. And I love this verse. Although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith. So we are so excited for that. Make sure you make plans to be here to hear that awesome message series from Dr. Joe Bucci. Joe, we are so excited. Thank you for reminding me of that. I'm excited. Joe said he's not excited, but I'm excited. No, he's excited. I'm just playing. We are so blessed to have Anthony Bashoff with us this morning as well. I think we have reached... South Africa online now. We're so excited. But just please give him a round of applause as Anthony comes and shares this morning. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, it's, it's a thing. If you prepare for a sermon on the Sunday, you have to practice what you preach. In God we trust. Every time I walk on this platform, I'm like, Lord, are you sure you wanted me to do this? So I thank you for welcoming me this morning. Just before I get into my message, let me just do something, if you will bear with me. I want to recognize Dr. Corne Becker, the dean of Regent uh, University. He's the dean of the, the, the School of the Divinity with his lovely wife, Luana. I know he's going to say to me, why do I do this? But I have to recognize the man of God in the house. He's been so instrumental in my own life. Uh, where I had the privilege of sitting under his teachings for three years and um, so I just want to say thank you so much. They're always here to support me when I'm preaching and I'm wondering, my goodness, why? But they are here and I thank you for being here this morning. And everyone else that's here this morning, maybe you're watching online, like uh, Pastor Nick said, you know, my mom, she watches all the services every Sunday. Um, so I'm so gra- thankful and grateful to be here and to be able to share with you, you this morning a word that I feel that is very close to my heart. I actually said to Ingrid, I'm going to ask Pastor John, I don't want to preach anymore. Because every time I have to preach, God speaks to me in God we trust. And he asks me this, when I started to think about this sermon, because I mean, it's him that puts the word in our hearts, isn't it? And God says to me, do you really trust me? And then he puts me through the things so that I can trust him. And I'm going to share a little bit with you this morning what happened to me. When I started to think about this word and I started to pray and ask the Lord, listen, what do you want me to say? And this is more than just a sticker on a public uh, or a police car or a slogan on a, a piece of money. In God we trust. I mean, if you look at those words, in God we trust, that trust. How do you form trust in something? And there's three things that I want to share with you this morning. Just three 
explain points. I'm not going to spend too much time. But first of all, there has to be a relationship with the thing that you put your trust in. Isn't that true? The second thing is if you put your relationship in that thing, you have to surrender all that you are. If you got married, you know what that means. Amen? And then the last point, you have to rest. You have to rest. And especially in the time and in the age that we live right now, with all the voices out there, especially the media, doom and gloom, the inflation, and all the other things that's going on, it's easy to lose our perspective. It's easy to say in a corporate environment or as a church, in God we trust. But what if we change that we to I? And I ask you this morning, in what do you trust? Let me take a sip of water. This is so important, I think. Because this gives us an anchor, doesn't it? It gives us an anchor. And going through this point, I want to start off with Matthew, our key verse this morning. Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. And just listen to this. And this is Jesus talking. And in this few verses, the heading of these verses says the following, the cure for anxiety. Isn't that amazing? And it's so relevant for the times that we live in right now. And this is what Jesus says from verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life. As to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is, is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Now some of us will say, listen, I need my food, man. Amen? I need my pretty dress for Sunday. But listen to what Jesus is saying here. He says, in verse 26, he says, Look at the birds of the sky, that they do not sow nor reap, nor gather crops in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. The birds of the sky. Sometimes I think they're more clever than us. Your father feeds them. Are you not, not much more important than, for, important than they? When I read that, I'm like confronted by that. Because I must be honest with you. When I see what's going on in this world today, I'm thinking, Lord, if you do not come and help us, I don't know where this is going to end. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Verse 27, and which of you, listen to this. This is our Heavenly Father speaking. He says, which of you, by worrying, can add a single day to his lifespan? Verse 28, and why are you worried about clothing? <laughs> Notice the lilies of the field, how they grow. They do not labor, nor do they spin or thread for clothes. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory, is clothed himself like one of these. Verse 30. But if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is alive today, and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, he will, not, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? And when I read that, it's almost like God is saying to me, listen, Jeff, are you really trusting me? 
You listen to Facebook. You listen to social media things people are saying. But are you really trusting me? You of little faith. And it's, you know what, it's, it's hard this morning to bring this word because, and Pastor Nick, I'm sure you, you were taught this. If you want to know what a pastor is struggling with, listen to what he preaches about. And it's not that I had to trust God for the first time when I started to prepare the sermon. I said to the Lord, I said, listen, time out. I've, I've gone to, no, 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 no. New level. You need to learn some other stuff. You of little faith. Check your heart this morning. Do I really trust in God? Really? And that's a, that's a question that only you can answer. I had to answer that. And I'm still busy answering that. He says further, he says in verse 31, he says, Do not worry then. How many times have the Father, has Jesus said in this passage, Do not worry. Do not worry. And I'm still worrying. Do not worry then, saying, What are we to eat? Or what are we to drink? Or what are we to wear for clothing? Or what about the inflation, Lord? For the Gentiles eagerly seeks all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You see, that's what I love. He knows what I need. It's not so easy. I'm honest with you. It's not so easy. I know God knows what I need. But I have to be in control. It's my human nature. And may I add, fallen Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God. Here's the key. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. And I don't want to get into verse 33 because that's a whole sermon on its own. In other words, what is God saying? He says, first seek the things of God. Talking about salvation. Verse 34, again, so, so do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. So let me ask you a question this morning. In what do you place your trust? Now let me go through this because I've mentioned the points. The first thing that we need to realize when we trust in anything, we have to have a relationship. There has to be a relationship. Do you really have a relationship with God? Or is it just a, forgive me, just a thing of coming to church on a Sunday and say, okay, I've been to church on a Sunday. Tick. Or do you really have a relationship with God? How do you build your relationship with God? We've said it so many times. I'm in a university for the first time. I'm 46 years of age. This is the first time I've ever had the privilege of being in one of the best universities in this country, Regent University. You know what? When a lecturer says to you and he repeats stuff and he says to you, wink, wink, you know that thing is going to be in the exam. How many times have we preached, Pastor Nick, Dr. Bucci, Pastor John, we need to spend time in the Word with God? I want to say this morning, wink, wink. <laughs> spend time in the Word of God. Why? Because that is how you get to know God. God speaks to us through His Word. And when we pray, we speak to God. 
Not your shopping list. Hi, good morning, God. This is Anthony. You know the car that I'm driving is very old. But I was looking at this Ferrari, you know, just mentioning it in past. It's almost December. It's Christmas. No. Spending time with God. You know, sometimes people will say, yeah, but why do I need to be having this special time with God? God knows everything. God wants to hear your heart, even though he knows everything. He wants you to sit down and, sit and tell him everything that's happening in your life. The way that you feel. Lord, you know what? I'm telling you, I'm fearful. Because if I look around in the world, I see only destruction. Lord, I'm fearful. Can you help my unbelief? But somehow we think prayer is like, okay, Lord, good morning. Hey, thank you for this wonderful day. My shopping list. Be truthful with God. Sit down. There's many times, especially when I was told to preach this morning, Every morning I'm saying, Lord, are you sure? Must I preach? This is a hard message, Lord. Hey, you'll be fine. Just do what I tell you. Share with God. Speak to Him your heart. Build a relationship. Now, let me throw this in. About two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I'm thinking about this word. I have the wonderful privilege of working at Regent Village. It's the place, it's the... uh, Student accommodation where we live. Let me just see if I'm pronouncing this right. That's why I'm looking at my wife. But we live on on the properties of the student accommodation. And God has blessed us so much. I can walk to work literally every morning. I can go and work. And when it's lunchtime, I can uh, walk back to my unit, have something to eat, and then go back to work. And what they've entrusted me with was wheat killer. Now, you guys know a little bit more about wheat killer than I do. Last year, I did the same, and when I started using this weed killer, the first thing that I've learned is to read all the instructions. What happens if that thing, uh, that weed killer uh, touches your skin? What do you need to do? And I did that last year. Fresh in my memory, I knew, okay, this is what I have to do, what, 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 what. Prepared everything, went and sprayed some weed killer, got to a building, we've, we've got this kind of a... a, a cart that we pull this whole thing with, started up the motor that gets the weed killer out of the, uh, out of the drum into the one that I had to pull, da- uh, uh, just point down to, the, to where the weeds are, and had my full PPE, my protective glasses on, my hat, my, man, I looked like a Christmas tree, just white. You know what happened? That thing exploded in my face. Not explode, exploded. I looked like a blue smoke because we put some blue dye in it. I had, st- and for a moment I was standing there and I was, I thought, who threw me with a water balloon? And I realized, hey, this thing exploded. So the hose that was on the one was living in the sun and in the rain for many, many years and it had a, 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 a weak spot. The stuff was dripping out of my nose, out of my mouth, out of my eyes. I ran, switched off everything, packed up everything because I know there's other small kids living there. I didn't want them to touch that stuff. Got on that machine, took it back to the office. And when I got into the office and I spoke to my supervisor, he turned as white as this paper. He said to me, listen, go. 
go. Don't talk. Go and wash yourself. Shower for at least 25 minutes. Went back home. Took soap for 25, 30 minutes. Washed my face everywhere because it started to burn my skin. I was doing this, excuse me, blue stuff came out of my sinus. And for a moment, I was like, listen, I've got problems. You know what God did? In God I trust. I'm like, Lord, this is not time for this. Come on. That's why I'm saying I, I don't want to preach anymore because everything that I have to preach, I practically drove through. But here's the thing. Got back to the office, had to go to patient first, went through all the things. They took x-rays because I said to them, something is not right in my respiratory system. Took x-rays and everything checked. Listen, sir, everything is fine. The fact that you reacted quickly, you went into the shower, you washed the stuff off. But listen here, we're going to, you on a high watch. We're going to, if this changed this, it gave me a whole list as long as my arm. And that night, and you know how our minds can work. I'm like, I can't breathe. Is this the weed killer? Going through all the scenarios, I mean, I have to tell Ingrid what is my, all my PIN numbers for my cards and stuff so that she can get the money out, man, if I die, she, so that she knows what's happening. And again, God speaks to me and he just says, in God I trust. A week after that, fast forward, in South Africa, there's riots. I don't know if you guys saw that. Big riots. And we've got family there. They went in for two days. They looted everything. Everything. So much so that 90 pharmacies were attacked and empty. People that had a need of chronic medicine couldn't get chronic medicine. They blocked the roads for two days, actually longer. Nobody could get in, nobody could get out. We had family there. My mom, I, I, I mean some of the people we couldn't get hold of. And all that I can hear is, in God I trust. At one stage we could get hold of all our family members and they were okay. But God tests us to see. And it's important. Anything that you put your trust in, you have to have a relationship. Listen to what Paul writes. Because this morning... It's not about, listen, there's not going to be problems. There's going to be problems. Listen to what Paul writes. He says the following. He says in Romans 5, verse 1 to 5, he says, and this heading says, results of justification. Therefore, having been justified by faith, because remember now when we get saved, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, 9 says it nicely. It's, he says it's through grace by faith. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you are saved. You can add no works to that. If you add works, it's not salvation. Sorry. The Bible is clear. But listen to what he says. He says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, the key there is we are justified. You have to be in the kingdom. You have to be saved. You have to be saved. You have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2, through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into his grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in, hope, in the hope of glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulation. Now, when I read that, I was like, 
Paul, are you crazy? Celebrating our tribulation? But listen what he says. He says, knowing. Knowing what? The tribulation brings about what? Ah. Isn't that wonderful? And what does perseverance do? Proven character. Works on your character. Oh, I see. And proven character creates hope. And hope does not disappoint. But here's the thing. You have to be. You have to be saved. You have to have a relationship. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which He has given us. If President Joe Biden comes to Virginia Beach and I meet him in the street and I say, how's it, Joe? How are you doing? He's not going to know me. He's just going to maybe shake my hand and say, hey, sir, how are you? Why? There's no relationship. And sometimes we treat God exactly the same way. No relationship. No commitment. No obedience. But get into a pickle. Lord, if you don't do this, I'm telling you now. That's what God is confronting me about. I'm just being transparent. This might not even be you. And God brings me back to that thing of, listen, are you really trusting me? Or is it just a piece of money that you carry in your pocket that you can look at? Do you know they do evil things with that money as well? Even it says in God we trust. So I'm asking you this morning, because I had to ask myself this. In what do I trust? What is my God? Now, I like this God. Money. Doesn't say much. No, doesn't say much. But do you know the saying, money talks? But what if money doesn't talk? If your faith is in this, what if the econom economy collapses? And I'm sorry to say this. Let me just mention this to you because you guys know this. You know what happened in Zimbabwe? If I take this and I put it, and forgive me, just for illustration, if I take that and I see God, God never changed. The inflation doesn't touch God. Problems does not, riots, whatever it might be, never touch or changes God. Never. If you know about that, please come and tell me because I can't find any evidence of that in the Bible. But money change, changes. What about possessions? What about things? Ingrid know this. I had an old beat up 1989 Golf. You could hear me before you see me. That thing had a beat, man. All the windows go like this when I'm in the neighborhood. And when I get into a certain area of South Africa, I was in. They loved me there because of the car. They liked the beat. And we laugh about these things. I mean, 
I've even named the guitars. That, that's the church's guitar, but I call her Mavis. Fiona, the electric guitar that I always play on, she's at home. But you can ask Ingrid, they like my babies. She's number one, they number two. But um, <laughs> where do we put our trust and our value? That's what I want to ask. It's not wrong to have stuff. I, I, I want to say that. I mean, if you've got money in the bank and you've got stuff, I mean, it's easy to say trust God. But what if that disappears, like, not even tomorrow, like right now? Where's your trust then? What is your foundation? What is your anchor? What is your anchor? We have to ask these questions. You see, we came to America, and for the first, we, we're almost here for two years. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to talk out of the kitchen a little bit. But you know what? For, for, for a year and a half, Ingrid and I were really, really stretching our money to make it work. But can I say this to you? In a year and a half's time, it's amazing how God has blessed us financially. And here's the challenge. It's easy to say, I trust in this. Can I ask you this? How many times have you filled up your fridge and you went to, that, to your wife or even you by yourself and you opened up that fridge and you said, Lord, thank you. How many times? Just asking. How many times have you filled up your car, your vehicle, and you said, Lord, you know what? Thank you that I have money to fill up my car. Did you really trust in God? I'm just asking. You see, all these things, we have to ask these questions. It's good to have all these things. But do they have you or do you have them? In what position do you place those stuff? In what priority? That's what I'm asking. Because that's what I had to answer. So point, the point that I want to make, we have to have a relationship. Second of all is to surrender. Surrender all to God. He never changes. But when you have a relationship with someone, you surrender everything. Especially when you're a wife and a husband. We spoke about this. Now when you get married, before you got married, Dr. Bucci, you yawn like this. Now that you're married, you yawn like this. Why? Because you surrendered everything. You're comfortable. Isn't it true? Now when your wife walks into the living room, you are still in your PJs and it's 10 o'clock. Why? Because she surrendered everything. You're comfortable. You've got a relationship. She knows me. She, she knows I like to wear my Batman PJs or whatever you would love to wear. And I'm not talking about being so relaxed with God, because, listen, God is holy. But there's a point in our lives where we have to say, Lord, I trust you. And you know what? If I trust you, I'm going to surrender all. It's easy to say these words. It's another thing to practice that. So we have to surrender. We have to surrender. Surrender all to God. Now, this is the thing. Did you guys know emotions, doubt, and inward questionings? Those are part of our lives. Come on, let's face it. 
but they are not solid facts that we can build our lives on. Tomorrow, if I wake up and I don't feel married, guess what? I'm married. That doesn't make me unmarried. We build our faith on what? On solid ground. God's word. The fact that we know God. The only way that we can know that is to study God's word. To get to know God. Relationship. Surrendering all that we are. Our relationship with Jesus Christ is based on solid ground. It's based on God's word. And we need to know that. Trusting in God. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Why does he say that? Because we are fallen. Our minds, our hearts are tainted. I laugh when I hear Disney say, just follow your heart. The biggest lie in the world. Don't follow your heart. Because your heart is corrupt to the core. No, you need to follow your heart. No, don't. Follow God. Your heart will lie to you. Your heart will say, hey, we desire this. We want this. We want this. Don't follow your heart. Follow God. Make a stand. Make a stand in your life. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to man, but it's the end, the end thereof is death. It's so easy, but we miss these things. You know what? Sometimes we just need someone to take us back. We just need to listen to that small, small voice of the Holy Spirit that says, listen, you've, you've gone off course a little bit. Let me just bring you back. And I must be honest with you, it wasn't easy for me to put this together because as I said, I'm as transparent as a glass. Because this is the things that I'm being challenged with in my life. But you know what? When you go to a doctor and have done a full medical and you stand the risk of getting a heart attack, the doctor is not going to allow you to come in his office. Oh, Anthony, sit down. You know what? I've got good news and bad news. You can still eat all the hamburgers and drink all the sugary stuff that you want. That's fine. But the other side of the coin, you might die. No, he says to you, listen here. You're not even stepping out of this office. I'm booking the theater. We, I'm going to operate because your life is in danger. And it's the same with us. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to say to us, hey, in what are you trusting? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Build your relationship. Surrender to God. Where's your faith? And then lastly, we rest in God. What does that mean? Well, if you've built a relationship, if you've given everything over, then there's a rest that comes. Is that easy? Let me assure you, I've been in ministry for 30 years. I'm 46 years of age, and I'm still working. I'm still working on this. I'm not there yet. It's a continual thing. But you know what? When I look back, I can see there's progress. It's when I'm standing still that I'm worried. It's a progress that I have to go through. Relationship, give over, rest. And I still miss it. I want to encourage you this morning. Just ask the question, in what do I really trust? 
if this thing is out of my life, then I'm building all my security up. Will my faith be sh- shaken in God? If, it, if you say yes, reevaluate, take stock, draw up a balance sheet, and say, where have I gone wrong? God is the ultimate supreme ruler of this earth. He made you and I. He created everything. His, his works are so evident in nature and in the consciousness of man that the Bible even says, and I think it's in Psalms 14 verse 12, that the man that's an atheist and says there's no God, he's a fool. In God we trust. In God I trust. Build a relationship with God. Read your Bible and pray every day like, like it's nobody's business. Switch off Facebook. Build your trust. Build, build, build your relationship with God. Then, surrender. Be intentional. Surrender everything to Him. And I'm not saying surrender so much that you don't go to work or don't, I mean, be responsible. But I mean, surrender the situations and circumstances that you might go through in your life. Surrender that to God. It's amazing how we first run to a doctor or first run to a person before we go to God. In our house, here's my wife. You can go and ask her. The first thing we do when one of us gets sick, what do we do? We pray. Jaden comes and he says, Daddy, I want to pray for you. That's before I went to, to any patient first or to any doctor. Daddy, I want to pray for you. What do we do? Get dressed, get in the car, let's go to patient first. And that's something that we started to apply in our lives. Pray God. It's not a thing of not trusting the science. I have a problem if someone from, says, says to me, trust in the science, but they've never mentioned God first. Trust the science, yes. But start with God, the creator of this earth that knows every part of you. Start with Him. And I'm, I sometimes look on Facebook and all these social media platforms, and I see people are distressed. And the only thing that I wonder is, and I'm not trying to be judgmental or harsh, Listen, I'm putting up that mirror in front of me first because I also get like that. I'm reflecting back. Do I really have a relationship with God? If I do have a relationship with God, which I have, do I surrender all that I am to Him? And then do I rest in Him? Ask my wife. I've got a plan A, B, C, D, and E. That was still three months ago. Am I right? Three or four months ago. And for the first time in my life, I realized, hey, God's got this. He doesn't need my help. So are we really trusting God? That's all that I want. What, if you say, I trust God, who's that God that you trust in? Because if it's a God that taps you on your shoulder and says, well done with everything you do, maybe it's a God created in your own image. But if it's a God that says, hey, whoa, 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 time out. I'm gonna, I want you to go through these things because I, I want you to learn character. Different story. Again, that only you can answer. Listen to this in closing. Psalms 37 verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. It's something that we don't know how to do. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. We are all about instant gratification. 
And don't tell me I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm talking about. Go to McDonald's. Hi, this is Anthony. Can I have a Big Mac, a large Coke and fries? Next we know I pay. Next we know I pick up my meal. And if, I, if it doesn't happen like that, some heads, go, the heads, some heads are going to roll. We don't know how to stand in the line anymore and to wait. We get so annoyed and so frustrated and so cross that we do not realize that God is actually placing us in that line maybe to speak to the people around us. Hello? Aren't you the light and the salt? Aren't you supposed to make people thirsty and see? I can't believe this line. You know, I've been waiting in this line for half an hour. Listen, close this and open this. And listen what God is telling you. Maybe God placed you there for a reason. But it's all like, no, no, I want to get in and get out and get done. We've learned the ability, we've lost the ability to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit. Pastor John said it so nicely last week. God speak to him on a, he's busy planting plants and God speaks to him and he says, listen, say to this guy this. He's busy in lows and God speaks. That's how we should be. Why? Because we've got a relationship. We've surrendered all that we are and now we're resting. Trusting God. Trusting God. Again, in closing. I want to read you this because I think it's so relevant to what I'm talking about this morning. And first of all, it's Paul writing again the following in Philippians 4, verse 10 and 13. Because you see, when we get saved, we think we're never going to go through testings and trials and tribulations. No, everything is going to be all right. You know that saying of to have God in our lives? Is, to sail, is not to sail on, on a boat with no storms. Did you hear that? But it's to have a boat that no storm will sink. In other words, there will be thorns. Listen to what Paul writes to the Philippians because of their generosity. He says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you cared for me. And that, that you've, uh, um, sorry. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regards to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Sorry, Paul, can you just say that again? No complaint? Lord, you know what? I'm in the ministry. I'm doing this for you. But you know what? There's some days that I don't have food, that I don't even have clothes. I'm a man of God and I'm going. No, he says, I've learned how to be content. Are you content? I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things. Guys. Man. I've learned both to be full and to be hungry. This is the Apostle Paul. He wrote 13 books of the New Testament. 27, 27 books. A mighty man of God. But he knows how it feels to be full and hungry. And then when you switch on TVM, the guys will tell you, no, that's a negative confession. Don't ever confess that. I'm like, but Paul said this. He went hungry. No, you see, there's something else that he did. 
He knows how to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. To suffer, not have need, to suffer need. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 30, verse 1 and 6. David's conflict with the Amalekites. And listen to this. Because this will help us to understand the situation that we are in right now. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the, the, the south and Ziklag. Now this is the camp where, where, where David and his men were. Attack Ziklag and burn it with fire. Verse 2, and had taken captive the women and those who were, were there from small to great they did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was. I love how the scripture says, and there it was. This is the reality, guys. Everything has been burned. Our, our wives, our children, everything is gone. The reality. David and his men faced the reality that this is what happened. And there it was. Burnt with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken away. Then David and the people were, uh, uh, were with. Uh, the, um, sorry. Then David and the people who were with him. Lifted up their voices. And wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever cried like that in your life? That you did not have any more power in your, in your body to cry even. Verse 5, and uh, David, also his two wives were captured. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed. Listen to this. For the people, the people that was with him, remember these guys were with him. They believed that God has called him as king, as the next king in line. For the people spoke of stoning him. Why? Because he was our commander in chief. How could this happen? Because the souls of all the people was grieved and every man for his sons and his daughters. I understand that. But listen to what the word says. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. How could he do that? Can I tell you? He had a relationship with God. He surrendered all that he had. And he rested. Through all that. And if you read on in verse 7 and 8, David went to, to, the, to the people that was over the, the, the sacrifices and stuff, and he prayed, and he said, listen, let's do a sacrifice. And he prayed, and he asked God, he said, Lord, if I pursue the Amalekites, will you give them to us in our hands? And God said, yes. That's amazing. David did not say, oh, okay, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I'm going to, no. The first thing he went was God. Listen, tell me, if I do this, you know what, that's, what that says to me? He had a relationship with God. So much so, in that distress, he went to God first and he said, Lord, can I chase after these men? And if you read further in that, that chapter, they got everything back. They went and fought against those Amalekites and they got everything back. Their houses were burned. But they got their children back, got their wives back. So this morning, in what is your trust? When it all comes down to everything, what is your trust in? What is your belief in? 
because that's what God is asking of us. It's easy to say, in God I trust. I'm telling you now, it will show in your life. Active obedience. It's a different story. Is it easy? No. But I think it's so appropriate to ask this question. In what do we really trust? Where's our faith? I hope this morning that it's in God first. And I hope that you take this message and see it for what it is. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm not here to offend, to rock the boat. Listen, the gospel is offensive. You need to get saved. That's the way it works. There's no way to soften this. You have to get saved. The Bible says, through grace, by faith alone. And if you sit here this morning and you haven't made that decision, I want to encourage you and say, all that you have to do is put your faith in Jesus Christ. It's not about church attendance. It's not about giving tithes. It's not about doing A, B, and C. It's none of that. It's just sitting there and saying, Lord, you know what? I'm a sinful person. I know I'm in desperate need of your, of your grace. Please, I put my trust in the work, finished work of Jesus Christ. That's all. That's all. And then start your relationship with God. And please, even if you watch online and you made that decision this morning, please let us know so that we can come alongside of you and help you to grow spiritually. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness, Lord. Thank you that you are so merciful that you keep on talking to us and speaking to us the same things. Father, and repetition, we know repetition brings revelation. Father, may, may this word in God I trust become a revelation in our lives. Father, not only just a few words or a t-shirt or a piece of note, money lying around or a slogan on a car. But Father, let these words resonate within our spiritual lives. So that when the storms of life come, we can boldly declare and stand and say, in God I trust. Father, help us not to look at the waves and the concerns, but help us to focus on you alone. Help us to get all the distractions out of our, out of our way. The, structure, the distractions and distractions and all these things that cause us to fall in you. Father, I pray for us this morning that's together here, the people that's watching online. And Father, I pray that you will build our faith every day of our life. Father, help us to be mindful of the gap, the time between Monday and Saturday, where we have to shine our lights, where we have to be salt. Father, may we do that. May we be that. Not to our own glory, but to your glory. Father, when hard, hard times come, hardship, things that we have to go through, tribulation, Father, thank you that we are encouraged, that you said in this world that you will have those things, but be of good cheer because I have overcome them. Lord, help us to find our strength in you. Lord, we pray this morning that you will go with us through this next week. Be with the people, every person this morning. Be with our families. Father, heal our land. Father, heal our land. Father, heal our people. Help us to have enough courage and enough wisdom 
not to stay here, but to go out and preach the gospel to a world that's in desperate need of that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Nick. Amen. This podcast is a member of the Grace River Podcast Network. To listen to more of the podcasts in our network, head over to graceriverva.com slash media. We would love for you to join us in person or online on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our weekend worship experience. Our campus is located at 5045 Indian River Road in Virginia Beach, Virginia, or you can find us online at graceriverva.com. Grace River exists so that every generation can experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives.